Oh, man, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for just celebrating us and the, the, the privilege to be able to do life with you all week in and week out is, is really ours. I mean, what a, what a privilege, what a privilege, sorry, words are hard. What a privilege, what a blessing, uh, and I'm excited to be speaking this morning. What we're doing this morning is we're starting a brand new series that's going to go over the next four weeks called the Psalms of Summer, and what we're going to do over the next four weeks is look at a psalm in the Old Testament and see how it applies to our life, and there are 150 psalms in the Old Testament, and they're written by several different authors, and they're broken up into five different books, and the psalm that we're going to look at this morning is Psalm 91. And it is by far my favorite psalm. I read it every single morning. I read it every single night. And it's, it's just my absolute favorite. And it's, uh, it's believed to be written by Moses. Uh, he's the author of the previous psalm, Psalm 90. And there are several thoughts and ideas and themes written in Psalm 90 that carry over into Psalm 91. And if you don't have your Bible, I encourage you to download YouVersion. It's, uh, it's on your smartphone or smart device. It'd be really helpful to you. I read out of the New Living Translation. So again, Psalm 91, and something to keep in mind as we, uh, as we go over this, this series over the next couple weeks is that the entire book of Psalms was written for us to have expression for praise and worship and commitment to God through a form of poetry. That's all the, the book of Psalms is, is a, is a collection of these poems that we have to give thanks and praise back to God. But why don't we stand now as we read this, Psalm 91, starting at verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I'll be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this chance that we have to be here, to open your word, and to be with our friends, and to be with our family. Just ask your blessing on this time, especially as we continue to unpack this text, to pray that we're able to find relevance in it, apply it to our life, and ask your presence to wash over us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, one summer when I was in high school, I had the chance uh, to go on a trip with my family to a place called Universal Studios. And if you've never been to Universal Studios and have no idea what Universal Studios is about, it is known as the place where movies come to life. That's how all the advertisements sound for this place. And I'm like, movies come to life? You guys, I'm telling you, it is the most incredible place. I mean, there are things to see. There are things to hear. There's music playing overhead all over the place, music from movies and scores from movies, some of the, my favorite movies. I'm hearing the music play overhead. There are rides that you can ride. 
that literally make you feel like you are living and experiencing the movie in real time. And there's even people that are dressed up in movie character costumes. And whether they work there or not, that's kind of up for debate. But they're dressed up and they're having fun. And there are these massive gates outside of the entrance to this park that we're standing out in front of and about to walk in. And it was the coolest thing. So we're standing there, we're getting ready, and we walk into the park. And again, there's music overhead, there's stores on my left, stores on my right where you can buy a pencil or a t-shirt for a small fortune. And there's this guy standing outside of one of the stores, and he's got these backpacks in his hand. He said, hey, do you want this free backpack? Do you want this free backpack? Do you want this free backpack? And so I'm watching him for a little bit, and I noticed a few things. Either people completely ignored this guy and kept walking, or they stopped and talked to him for a little bit but didn't take the backpack. And I'm like, okay, I got a water bottle here, sunscreen here, and granola bars in my back pockets. They'd be really good friends with this backpack. So I go up to this guy, and I walk up to him. I didn't want to be creepy, so I just kind of walked to the side so that he'd see me. And he said, excuse me, sir. Now remember, I'm in high school. And to bring you inside the mind of a high school student, we're dying to be taken seriously, okay? So here's this man that goes, excuse me, sir. I'm like, sir, I like that. He's taking me seriously. Here's this moment, right? I've waited for it my whole life. Here's this moment. So I'm like, continue. So he continues, and he says, you look like a guy who knows his backpacks. I mean, you're probably a mountain biker or a rock climber, am I right? So again, here I am in this moment being overwhelmed with over-the-top compliments, okay? I've been given a new life calling through those over-the-top compliments, and I'm about to get handed a free backpack. I am, quote-unquote, hashtag, however you want to say it, I am living the dream. And then come those words, how would you like a free backpack? I was like, absolutely. So he extends his hands out to me. It's like in slow motion, music's overhead, right? right? He extends his hands out to me. I extend my hands out to him. And then before I knew what happened, he pulled his arms back and go, if you'd like this free backpack, all you gotta do, go to this store across from us, wait in line, give them some information, and if you've done all that, you'll be walking out with a free backpack. I'm like, hey, hang on here. If I wait in line, if I give them some information, if, 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 I knew it. It's just one of those scams, you know, like when you wait in line at the expo or the fair when they're giving something away for free and all it requires are your fingerprints and your social security number. You guys know what I'm talking about. And I was convinced, I was convinced that this was a scam. So I just forgot about the free backpack, especially the whole waiting in line thing. I had a whole day ahead of me of waiting in lines and I didn't want to do that 30 seconds into the park. So I just forgot about it. I went about my way. As far as I was concerned, I wasn't missing out on anything. But then the day goes a little bit further, and I'm seeing more and more of these places where you get these, quote-unquote, free backpacks. But again, no, Eric, nope, nope, you're riding rides, you're, you're, you're screaming like you've never screamed before, you're watching live entertainment, you had the best churro you've ever had in your life, you're having a good time, just forget about the backpack. So I did, I kept on walking by, and, and then I saw person after person after person with these, quote-unquote, free backpacks, and I'm like, okay. I'm going to see what all the fuss is about. So I go into one of the stores, and I'm waiting in line for three or four minutes, and then an employee comes out of the back, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, hey, sorry, thanks for waiting in line, appreciate your patience and your excitement about what we're doing today, but we are all out of backpacks. So I, you know, I'm sorry, but 
have a good rest of your day. And I'm like, ah, it's this close. But then I saw a guy walking out, and he had one of the last backpacks on his shoulder. So I'm walking after him, and I grab it, and I just, no, I'm just kidding, that'd be terrible. So I'm walking after him, and I'm like, hey, look, I don't want this to be weird. It's probably going to sound weird, but can I just, can I just see what's inside this, you know, this backpack? He's like, well, sure, you know, I'm just as curious as the next guy. And a couple of people heard what he was going to do, so we kind of gather around this guy, and he opens up the backpack, music's playing overhead, a light shines out from it. It was just the most holiest of moments that I could have experienced up to that time in my life. I'm just kidding, none of that happened. But he opens up the backpack, and inside this backpack were two free tickets to admission to Universal Studios to be redeemed anytime you wanted, $30 worth of food coupons that you could redeem at any of the food stores in the whole park, a water bottle with that year's Fast and Furious movie logo imprinted on the side of it, and that water bottle's like $30, and then you can't buy the water to put into it, but that water bottle was in the backpack, and there was the biggest bag of gummy worms I'd ever seen in my entire life. And so maybe you're thinking a question that was probably my next question. Seeing all these things, I'm like, okay, what information did you give him? Like, did you have to give him immediate access to your vital organs? Like, what was, what, what was the information that you had to exchange here for this quote-unquote free backpack? And do you know what the information was? They were doing a survey. They were asking a question. Do you think people would prefer we turn the old Back to the Future ride into a multi-level playground for people of all ages or turn it into what has now become known as the Simpson ride? That was it. You had to wait in line and answer one question. And the question I asked the guy, I said, well, how long have you been waiting in line? He's like, I don't know, like 20 minutes or so. Answer one question. Got all this free stuff. I'm like, yeah, you did. This is incredible. Like, this is an amazing thing, and you're just making it out like it's a sandwich that you got at the gas station. Like, hello. It was unreal. Just an incredible moment when he realized everything that he got. And it came down to me, and I, re- and I thought about it. If I had only waited in line at the beginning of the day, what would that have taken me? I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes maybe when the, cl- when the, when the park first opened? If I had waited in line, I would have been the guy with the backpack with all the free stuff. So there's a hashtag fail story for me. But when you think about that word, if, think about it, everything hinges on that word if, right? If you diet and exercise, you're going to get into shape. If you stay up to date on your payments, you're going to get out of debt. If you spend time with your family, you're just going to grow closer together. If you study for your finals, Believe it or not, it helps you be prepared for the tests. I know, it's like a mind-blowing thing. What a concept. Study for your finals. If, if you want a free backpack with hundreds of dollars worth of free stuff, you wait in line for 20 minutes and answer one question. All of those things hinge entirely on if. And how we respond to if says a lot about who we are too. Think about that. How we respond to that says a lot about who we are too. And for some of us, we see if, we see if as a roadmap. Like we see the end result of whatever trial or whatever struggle it is that's in front of us, we see the end result of that. So if, for us, is a roadmap. For some of us, if is a roadblock. Kind of like getting the backpack was for me, right? Oh, gotta wait in line. 
Are you kidding me? All right, that's, that's, that's the roadblock. Here's some other ones that we can reframe and think about. If you stay up to date with your payments, what? Now I gotta live on a budget? Can't go out to eat anytime that I want? If you spend time with your family. What, I gotta date my spouse? Is that, is that what you're telling me, Eric? Is that what I hear you saying? If you exercise. Look, I don't have extra time for that, okay? Why, where's the button I can push, the easy button? Why can't I just get the Insta muscles, okay? Why can't that just be what happens? Enough with this if thing, like just bring on the buffness. We say that, is that a real word? I say that, just bring on the, anyways, why can't I just get the <laughs> Insta muscles? Isn't that funny how we can talk ourselves out of some, some incredible things? That's the roadblock. All we see is the hard work. All we see is the struggle. All we see is the effort that we're going to need to put in to overcome whatever it is that's in front of us. And sometimes we can want what's on the other side of if without doing that hard work. Sometimes we can want what's on the other side of if without the struggle, without the trials, without the frustration, without the things that we need to do to overcome that. And when we look back at this psalm, Moses says some incredible things. Let me just give you a few of the things that he says here. Moses says things like, God is going to protect you, deliver you, care for you, watch out for you, keep evil away from you. Who wouldn't want this? I mean, that sounds great. And when I think about that for myself, I don't want any evil to come to me or to my family. And that's why we're all here today, because we all want this, right? Like, God is going to protect us from lions and tigers and bears. Yeah. I knew that Wizard of Oz reference wouldn't die hard. I mean, it kind of, kind of died, but you want to try it again? Let's do it again. Lions and tigers and bears. There we go. If you don't know the Wizard of Oz, well, we won't judge you. It's a safe place. But Moses says some incredible things. That is why we are here. And seriously, none of us would say that we don't want any of those things. We wouldn't say that. We want that for our life. We want that for our family. We want that for our future. But here's the thing. There's an if attached to it. There's an if attached to it. And that if, some of us see as a roadmap or a roadblock. But I'm telling you, this if, this if is a roadmap for all of us because this is what God wants for our lives. Moses, as the writer of this psalm, he saw this as a roadmap for his life. Even though he's in the midst of the trial and the struggle, he's holding on to the promise. He's holding on to the dream that God gave him of where he was going to lead the people of Israel. So what dream, what promise are you holding on to this morning? There's an if attached to it. And that if we see in verse 9, go back to that. Verse 9 says this, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter. Man, the truth of it is, sometimes, sometimes we want the refuge without the struggle. Sometimes we want the shelter without the storm. What if are you staring down this morning? Maybe for you, maybe it's debt. Maybe it's a struggle 
in a relationship. Maybe you're making bad choices that has led you to kind of one dead end after another. Maybe you've made a career change decision, and you're, you're still not sure how all of that's going to pan out. Or maybe, maybe your family dynamic has changed or is changing. You're realizing the tension of that as, as people are graduating and moving on or growing up, and, and you're just still figuring out that you, you can't hit the pause button, being overwhelmed by that. Let me ask you this question. Are you focusing on the cost or are you focusing on the promise? Just take a second. Ask yourself that question. Am I focusing on the cost or am I focusing on the promise? Am I holding on to a roadmap or am I holding on to the roadblock? Here's another question I want us all to ask ourselves. Is God my refuge? Is God my shelter? Because you can run to God in the midst of the storm and the trials of life, but if you have not made God your refuge, you've got nowhere to go. So how do we make God our refuge? How do we make God our shelter? Well, Moses gives us a place to start. He gives us a place to start in this psalm in the first two verses. Verse one through two, listen to what Moses says. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Mm. He is my God, and I trust him. What Moses is doing is he is reminding himself of who God is, the power that God has, and what God is capable of doing. Because he's leading the people of Israel out of Egypt and leading them to the promised land. But here's what we gotta remember. The Israelites, the people that he is leading out of Egypt, they have just come out of hundreds and hundreds of years of slavery and abuse in the desert. And so this message that Moses says and that he gives, and that he was reminding himself of, this is the message that the people of Israel need as they are staring down the journey, the desert, the wilderness. That's the roadblock for them, right? But for Moses, the roadmap was that he was reminding himself, this is who God is. This is the power that God has, and this is what God is capable of doing in my life and in the life of our people, that God is safety, that God is refuge, that God can be trusted. Moses was holding on to his promise. God gave him a promise, and Moses chose to hold on to that promise. Instead of looking at the struggle, instead of looking at the trial, instead of looking at the pain, Moses grabbed hold of the promise that God gave him. Even though they're in the desert, even though they're wandering, even though they're in the wilderness, and sometimes things weren't looking the best, Moses decided to hold on to the promise and the dream that God gave him. So what promise are you holding on to? What dream has God given you that you're holding on to? Hold on to that. Don't lose sight of that. Make a decision like Moses and declare who God is the power that God has, and what God is capable of doing. This gives us a beautiful picture of that, but remind yourself who God is, the power that he has, and what he's able to do. 
and think through this story. For those of us that don't, don't know the story, here's a spoiler alert. They get to the promised land, right? The promise that Moses was holding on to, it happened. The people of Israel got to where they were headed. But not before they had to go through the plagues and slavery and years and years of oppression and abuse. And then now they're staring down the journey through the desert, the wandering, the lack of water and food or knowing where they're going in the first place. And think about, think about traveling with this many people. There's hundreds of thousands of people. And they're traveling through the desert, and for a while, all they're seeing is the roadblock that pretty much shut down the people. And they're saying things like, oh, we can't do this. If you've ever been on a road trip with kids, they're saying things like, are we there yet? I I feel like we passed this sand dune a, a year ago. Here it is. And then it got so bad that they were saying things like, you know what, we were, we were better off in Egypt. Isn't that crazy to think? That here they are being let out of where they came, slavery, abuse, and they're walking, and Moses is leading them through, and they're, they're looking back, and they're going, we were, we were better off there. But Moses, Moses saw it as a road map, and he kept reminding himself, no. This is who God is. This is the power that God has. This is what God is capable of doing. And this is who I believe God to be. And he kept asking himself, not not why is this happening, but how am I gonna get through these things? And something I feel like we spend so much time on is asking that question, why? Why, 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 why? You know, it used to be something that two-year-olds and three-year-olds would ask. But then I got old and I realized oh man, if I wanted to, I could spend my whole life asking that question, why? But here's Moses saying, all right, this is what's going on. This is my reality. How am I gonna get through these things? Because he's trusting and he's holding on to that promise that God gave him. So what do you believe about God? Do you remind yourself of who God is, the power that God has? What dream, what promise from God are you holding on to? Or are you holding on to the roadblock? Are you allowing the roadblock to block what you're seeing at the end? And what we see woven throughout the entire narrative of Scripture is that when God says, I will remember my people, when God says, I have kept my promise, I am making this promise, there is not one time in the history of of this Scripture where God did not keep his promise. So what promise are you holding on to? What dream has God given you? And, and maybe you're in a wilderness. Maybe you feel like you're just wandering, but hold tight to that promise. Maybe your roadblock is trouble. Maybe you're just making bad choices that are leading you into one dead end after the other. Maybe it's some kind of struggle. Maybe it's some kind of, a, kind of pain. Maybe it's some kind of addiction. Those are all roadblocks, but God provides a roadmap through those things because the truth is we're headed into a storm, we're in the middle of a storm, or we're coming out of one. That's just the truth of life. But something that we need to remember and something that we need to grab a hold of, and this is something I want you to write down, is that God doesn't promise us a life free from pain. God promises us a life full of his presence. 
Let me say that again. God doesn't promise us a life free from pain. He promises us a life full of his presence. That even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of the wilderness, he's gonna give me strength to get through it. Even in the midst of a diagnosis, he will give me the courage to keep going. Even in the middle of an addiction, I trust that God is gonna lead me to victory. And another thing we've gotta remember as we look through the, the, the book of Psalms, again, it's a book of poetry. And this is Moses declaring who God is. And this is very specific for Moses and for the people that this scripture talks about, right? The Israelites, the journey through the desert, through the wilderness to the promised land. Moses isn't saying that nobody's gonna get disease and die. Again, there's hundreds of thousands of people from all different age ranges and generations that are traveling through the desert together. And they're not, they're not traveling the way that we would when we go camping, where we have all the supplies that we need for however long of a duration of trip that we think we're gonna be on. They don't have that. They're relying on God's provision to get them through the desert. And there's people that are grumbling and that aren't believing in that promise. There's gonna be some struggle. Moses knows that there's gonna be some pain. But what we, what we need to do with this scripture is we need to take the confidence that Moses has and who God is. And that's what we apply to our situation. And maybe that's what you need to do this morning. Maybe you realize that the, the, the confidence and the faith that Moses has in who God is is what you need in your life. And you realize, all right, okay, this is what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with. This is how I feel. By the way, God can handle our emotions. Can I just, can I just encourage you with that? God can handle our emotions. This is how I'm feeling, God. This is, this is my reality. This is, this is the, the raw version of me. And then we remind ourselves, but I trust. I trust that you are good. I trust that you are present. And I'm holding on to the roadmap. I'm trusting on that promise and that dream that you've given me, and I'm gonna see it. This is who I believe you to be. Strength, shelter, refuge, safe. And I remember that you don't promise me a life free from pain. You promise me a life full of your presence. And if we want victory, if we want freedom, from an addiction, if we want healing in our relationships, if we want to see the roadmap instead of the roadblock, here's what we've got to do. We have got to hold on to the promise and the dream that God has given us, and we've got to make this bold statement and declare that no matter what, that God is safe, that God will protect, that God can be trusted, that God is our refuge and our shelter, and that no matter what, that God is gonna keep his promise, that God is gonna fulfill that dream. Maybe that dream and that promise, maybe that you've lost sight of this morning. But grab hold of that and remind yourself, nope, I believe that God told me that this is a promise for my life. There's never been a time that God has not kept a promise. So hold on to that. And remember that God doesn't promise us a life free from pain. He promises us a life full of his presence, that even in the midst of the pain, that God is close. And what I love about the way this scripture ends is that this whole time it's Moses talking, right? But then God gives Moses a message to share to the people that if, if we make God our refuge, if we make God our shelter, listen to these words that Moses gives on behalf of God. It says in verse 14 through 16, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer I will be with them in trouble. 
I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. God is close. God is present, even in the midst of the pain. God is walking with us through that. God sees the end result, by the way. And we need to trust the promise that God has given us to see that roadmap as well. And here's something I I just find incredible, is that the God of the universe delights in us. And those little details of our life, the struggle, the pain, God is present in that. Scripture says that God delights and rejoices over us with singing. So what that means is that there's nothing that we're gonna experience, there's nothing that we're gonna go through that God will not be present in. He's close. And I love the way that this this scripture starts. In verse one, it says, rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You know how you're able to rest in somebody's shadow? Because you're close to them, right? As we're walking in the sun, our, our bodies just naturally cast a shadow. There's one in front of me right here on the stage because of the lights. And to rest in the shadow of somebody means that you're close to them. What a beautiful picture that Moses is giving us of who God is. That God is close, that God is present, that God can be trusted. That's the God that we serve. And that's the God that I I decide to trust. And like I told you when we started, I read this psalm every morning and I read it every night because I can relate to Moses in this story because Moses is making this declaration, this bold statement of who God is, the power that God has and what God can do in his life. And what I find just amazing about these statements that he's making is he's not even in the promised land yet. He's in the desert and he's in the middle of the struggle and the pain and the journey. But this is the statement that he makes. God is refuge. God is shelter. And this is, what, this is what God being a refuge and shelter looks like in my life. Again, I, I read this every morning, and I also read it every night before I go to bed because it helps me sleep at night. I don't know why, but over the last couple months, I've just been hit with, with these, these reoccurring uh, nightmares And I just wake up in the middle of the night just overwhelmed with this heavy sense of fear and this heavy sense of anxiety. And I I can't control that, and and I'm vulnerable in those moments. But reading this psalm before I go to bed at night, it reminds me, God is my refuge. God is my shelter. God is close. And that's what I choose to rest in. You see, I choose to live from a place God's presence and God's shelter? Because what's the alternative? To be entirely and forever exposed? I I don't want that. You don't want that. Choose to live from a place of God's refuge, of God's shelter. And I don't don't know why I have them, but but I I read this psalm every night. And the more and more I read it, the, the less frequent they become still having them. I don't know how long I'll have them. But I, I, I know, I, I believe that there's gonna be a night that I can go to sleep and I'm not gonna have them. And another night that I'm gonna go to sleep and not have them. And another night and another night. I trust that there's gonna be a season 
that I'm gonna be able to walk into where this just isn't gonna be an issue for me anymore. This isn't gonna be a problem. I trust that God is present in that. And when I read this psalm, I read it in the message translation. And I just encourage you that whatever season you might find yourself in, just in this moment, as I read this, just allow it to wash over you. And whatever pain, whatever struggle that you're in, remember the promise. Remember the dream that God has given you. And don't give fear the credit that it, don't give fear any more credit than it deserves. Let this psalm give you the confidence and the faith, even that Moses had, that even in the midst of my pain and struggle, I still believe that God can be trusted. Here's Psalm 91 out of the message. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps shields you from deadly hazards. This is great. His huge, outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm, so fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. You'll watch it all from a distance. You'll watch the, wa- the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm cannot get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you'll only get to know and trust me, call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. 